It's the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. So, Terrence, what was your segue? So, my segue was, what is the difference between encouragement and support? And so, I'd like to dig into that a little bit. Because I think a lot of times we call ourselves supporting our kids or youth or young people. But we also are, in essence, enabling and encouraging their behavior. So, one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, I've, I've seen people who have allowed their kids to drink early. Um, they said, you know, in some cultures, they feel like it's okay to drink early because when they get older, they can handle alcohol and they don't abuse it. Um, that works in some situations, but let's dig into that a little bit more. What can we give our kids? What can we allow them to see? I know people who were giving their kids 12 gauge shotguns at age eight. Mm-hmm. I was giving my son a Nerf gun and they were giving him a real 12 gauge shotgun to go hunting with. And when they got older, they knew how to respect guns. They knew how gun safety should be conducted. And to go a step further, sexuality. What can they handle? What do they understand? And what are we allowing them to take in? What are we allowing them to see? What are, what are we allowing them to watch on TV, listen with their ears and see with their eyes? Yeah. And say with their mouth. Those are the things we need to be concerned with. Because when you open Pandora's box, like Wayne said before, and you open up a table and it's like a buffet, now you allow them to pick and choose what they find pleasure in. So my question is, what is the difference between supporting and encouraging? I I think about being taught how to be a man from my father and, and other male figures in my life. I think about the first time I came home with some earrings in, you know, and my father, how he, he took to this newfound, my son wearing earrings, you know, it was like <laughs> every, every, every kid my age was doing it, you know, every, every, every entertainer, I mean, hip hop, you know, everything that a teenager is typically into, you know, if, it, if it's cool, you riding that wave, you know, I had my earrings in and it, it was, you know, you you want them sissy boys? You know you. What's up with the earrings? Girls. No, wear it didn't. Did <laughs> you know, girls wear earrings. You know, and uh, I, I thought about my my niece and my nephew and, and my my niece. I mean, she she posed the same question to me. Like I I, I had came around the house and I, I had my earrings in, you know, and she's you know Uncle Jay. You know, uh, you 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 wearing earrings like a like a girl. <laughs> Why are you wearing why are you wearing earrings? You know, and, and part of me, you know, wanted to, you know, try to explain myself, you know, like, you know, no, no, sweetie, you know, um, you know, I'm Uncle Jay, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. Um, <laughs> yes, you are a little girl. And yes, you know, so I, I, I appreciate, you know, having male figures in my life that prepared me for the world. I know a lot of uh how we're i mean even it starts as as a child you know how we 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 put you know the baby doll 
you know, in, in, in the little girls, uh, in their crib, you know, you, you buy them a dollhouse, you know, you, it's like, you're, you're training them at an early age, you know, the, the role of a, of, of a woman, you know, and I, it's, it's all about, you know, men and women, you know, you know, family, that, that unit, you know, family, uh, community, um, it, it was a point growing up with me, like I, I, I never had instances where, you know, I'm, I, I could be, you know, just messing up, you know, cause you know, I'm, I'm around family and it was like anybody at that time can pretty much check your child. You know, mm-hmm. I even went to a school mm-hmm. where, you know, you acting up in school. I mean, you can actually be, you know, sent to the principal's office, you know, and you can get, you can get a yep. peppling. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? It was just so, wood. Right. So it was like, so for me, I mean, that was normal, you know, it was, it was normal to, you know, have that, that, that structure and have that discipline. And I never, to tie all that up, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, as, as, as a male and, and as a, as a female, we've been brought up to have certain characteristics. We've been raised a certain way. Um, you know, what, what's expected from a man, you know, what a man is supposed to do in a household, what a man is supposed to do out in the world. Terrence, is there anything in particular, any sort of situation uh, that made you ask that specific question? <laughs> Maybe an example. <laughs> example. Of course there's an example. Maybe an example. I'm just saying. Maybe an example. Of course, of course there's an example. Uh, Do go on. Tell us. Our, our, one of our favorite athletes, uh, Dwayne Wade from the Miami Heat. <clears throat> we, we've discussed this topic many times. We talked about the role that he's played in his his son's life, his son's life, his, uh, <laughs> and his chi- well, let's say his children's life. Um, he's there's definitely some things that have been, you know, I brought him to the forefront of the media, um, in the news, um, with how his 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 child is transitioning from one gender to the next. Um, so I'd like to hear your opinions on that. Like, what what do you feel his role is in that? How do you feel like he played a part in that? Um, what was Gabriel Union's in that? Um, is this a situation where opening Pandora's box or allowing these children to make decisions on their own can, can cause chaos or confusion in the mind of a child? Is a child that's 13 or 12 or 14 old enough to make a decision so detrimental or so 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 heavy with so much gravity at such an early age? How much do we influence? So I throw a lot at you, but let's let's dig into this. What's your what's your thoughts on it? Well, I want to respond to that, but first I'd like to know your thoughts on it. <laughs> Interesting spin on that. So you want to bounce it back to me. So my thoughts on it. I personally want to say as a father of a 14 year old, soon to be 14 year old, he doesn't know enough about life to make a decision sexually yet. Um, As my son is going through puberty, um, he's learning about his body. He's learning about himself. He's learning about his desires and what he's enjoying and what he may want to do and be in life. I am raising him as a man. I am showing him as an example of what a man should be in a heterosexual household. I am telling him my perspective of his decision-making if he were to do something different. So we've set the precedence. He understands our perspective and our thought process on that topic, on that subject of sexuality. So he understands 
he is to associate as a male because that is what we deem and what we have put around him. So as, as Jay mentioned earlier, if we had maybe thrown a pink doll in his dollhouse, or maybe if we had painted his nails as a child or allowed him to, you know, play with to girl toys or, 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 or associate with a lot more feminine things, maybe that would have had an impact. I actually believe it would have had an impact because I think we, again, as, as I mentioned before, every flower, every plant has to be nurtured and has to be fed. And so if you look at your life, I'm going to say this one point. If you look at your life as an empty vase and every marble that you place inside of that empty vase represents a characteristic, a trait. Like you mentioned earlier, cussing in front of your kids, behavior, um, stress, different things that are happening. When your child reaches into that jar, what is the majority that they are made of? If you pump that child full of femininity and you've told that kid, your dad's not around, men are bad, you know, don't grow up to be like them. And you just beat men down and torn them down and said negative things and you've pumped them full of femininity. What is that young man going to grow up to want to be? What is he going to have more of a proclivity when he reaches into that jar and pulls out a part of who he is? What is he going to have the majority of his makeup? Tyler Perry. <laughs> Say that again. Tyler Perry. Okay. Right. So <laughs> first, <laughs> I, w I want to tell you that I appreciate your answering that as honestly as you have. And I'm going to give you my honest answer. As for, you've been as forthcoming as you have been, and I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Um, I personally believe that um, whatever... Like you spoke, uh, for example, of the uh, objects you give your kid, okay, to play with the toys, whether they're transformers or they're dolls or, you know, whatever the situation is. I don't personally believe that it has much of an impact on your, your kid's uh, burgeoning sexuality. I think that their uh, behavior and certain patterns can be impacted by that. But I think your kid is going to be what your kid's going to be um, because that's who your kid is. Uh, I think there are kids who are born believing they're in their own body or knowing it as far as they're concerned or gay. And I think there are people who are impacted um, uh, in specific ways. Uh, for instance, if he grew up in a home like Dennis Rodman, he grew up or his mama raised him. You know, he grew up around a bunch of aunts, his grandma. He grew up around a bunch of friends of the family who are women. So I think that can impact um, what your sexual choices may be later on. But he is, by his own admission, essentially heterosexual. But he, he admittedly does have some feminine characteristics in X, Y, and Z. So I don't know that there's very much that you're going to do uh, when it comes to the uh, playthings that your kids are exposed to. I don't know that there's very much about that that's going to inform what their sexuality is later on. That's my perspective, how I feel about it. Now, in terms of supporting your kid, uh, if you've had, in terms of supporting your kid, if they tell you early on, I feel as if I was born in a wrong body. Or if it's a little boy telling you I feel that I, I'm actually a girl or vice versa, a little girl telling you she feels she's actually a boy. I think it is up to you as a parent to support that kid in the healthiest um, and most balanced way possible. We were speaking about balance earlier. That's how I feel about this. Um, but I also think you should um, introduce your kid to the realities of the society we live in. So let them know, I love you, I support you, 
Um, I don't feel the need to encourage you. I'm just going to let you go your own way, but I will be there to support you in trying times or the greatest, the greater times in your life or whatever. But um, I do believe that there's a, I think there's a very um, obvious tipping point when it comes to that. You spoke about Gabrielle Union a, a couple of minutes ago. You asked what her influence on this kid might have been. Um, it's possible she wanted to have a, a daughter of her own. So maybe some of these, uh, maybe the seed that the kid was born with, uh, she helped that seed to germinate out of a want and desire to have a daughter. You know, I'm not saying that the father, Dwayne Wade, didn't uh, support his kid. That's not what I'm saying. But she might well have contributed to that out of the want and desire for a daughter. I think, as you spoke of earlier, as you mentioned earlier, I think there's a fine line between support and balls to the wall encouragement. In terms of their family, I don't know. You and I spoke about this earlier. I firmly believe that we can't know for certain uh, there was a there was a, uh, a preparation period before this was uh, given to the public that this kid wants is transitioning. He feels that he was born in her own body and he's transitioning transitioning into you know femalehood into a young woman, a girl. But we don't know how long that period lasted. But I, I I feel that they may they may have spoken to the kid about that, and I feel that they would have had to have made certain preparations of their own because they knew there was going to be a, a a snapback and some of it was going to be brutal. Yeah, I believe that supporting your kid because you, as you were speaking of earlier, Wayne, you love your your kid. That's your kid. So supporting your kid is I'm all about that. I'm all for that. But influencing your kid because of your own uh, emotional shortcomings or your your own needs and desires, influencing mm -hmm. that kid, encouraging that kid actively in that way, I do believe that that's wrong. I believe that that's wrong. Uh, if this young man believes that he was born in her own body that genetically he is maybe a male he is a male but he believes he's actually a a girl a female oh I, I, what can the parents do but support him what can they do but support him but he, what did the support come first or did possible encouragement come first that's my question in terms of yeah. that but in the end um, they have no choice but to love their kid and love to them happens to mean what it is that they are allowing now. Uh, I think he's quite young. What it is you were saying earlier, he's far too young to make such a prominent decision that's going to be long-lasting in his life. He may well decide to move into this, and later on he decides, okay, this is a, I didn't want this. I, I don't want this any longer. But it may well be too late at that point in time. So I believe that. Oh, it definitely be too late. There's a, a, a quite discernible line between support of your child who you love and encouraging your kid because of your own possible uh, wants, desires or insecurities, or maybe out of a need to be, maybe a need to be popular and to be seen, you know, that's what I believe uh, about that. But I mean, until, think, until further, I'm sorry, go ahead one more. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I got you. No, my bad. I, I, I think that, uh, man, you, that's, <laughs> you pose yeah, an interesting question. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, me personally, I think situations like that is is based off um, 
uh, a fad, a trend. Um, I mean, I don't want to really dive into the whole, are people born homosexual or not? Cause that's not really the question you were asking, but you know, I think we, you know, all of us are, are at least, you know, four decades old. I don't really remember a lot of people, transgenders, <laughs> you know, you know the, the first 20 years of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I never saw it. Like, it was like, what? It was, it was, it was unusual. I don't mean unusual, like they were weird. I mean, you, unusual, like rare. So I think somewhere in society, we have deemed that the only, well, not the only, but the most acceptable form of homosexuality is to be transgender. Mm. Mm. And I think that's the fad that's being, that, that wave is being rolled hard. And that got pumped into our heads. We can all admit it got pumped in our heads in some way, shape, or form, you know, either through uh, uh, entertainment. Um, I mean, it's it's rare to, to think of a, a Black uh, main comedic actor at some point who hasn't put a damn dress on. It's like you ain't really need to do that shit. They make you funnier, like just because you put on some heels and some fake boobs, like you're not funnier now. Like, so what are you really trying? What what image are you really trying to sell me? And and I think you're hitting a major point because when you think about society and you think about cultural uh, impact, Tom Cruise never put on a dress. Brad Pitt, I don't recall ever put on a dress in a movie. I could be wrong. Hmm. Some of the major blockbuster actors in Hollywood didn't have to do that. And, and what we see is this constant emasculation of the black male. And you constantly see ways to effeminate or make the black male seem effeminate and take away their power. We're too strong, so we got to put a dress on. Medea, for example, Tyler Perry, for example. Um, and, and I think I mentioned this on an episode before. One of the reasons Dave Chappelle left and went to Africa is because they asked him to put on a dress. On his show, he turned down a multi, multi-million dollar, I think it was $50 million cash. And that was a lot of money, still is now, but with inflation, that was a lot of money back in 2000s when they asked him to do this. So he put his foot down and said, no, I refuse to put on a dress. Yeah. So I think what we've been doing, what we've been accustomed to is we've been peppered and seasoned all along the way to lighten up censorship and start opening us up to so many new things that society is trying to push. And I think, you know, as, as far as like children are concerned, like we talking about kids, right? Talking about parenting kids. Motherfucker, 10 years, <laughs> a 10 year old don't know what the fuck he won't like that. Not really. I mean, they don't even have a sense of the world or a sense of like, I'm not saying they're, they're they don't have mental capacities and some of them aren't extremely smart, but I'm just talking about like just a sense of who they are in the world and what that whole world possibly could look like. You know what I'm saying? So when I see, you know, if you, if you late teens and you decide to make some of these choices, okay, maybe, but even that's pushing it. But if you like a queen, you're 10 years old, 11 years old, Mom, I want to wear a dress now. 
No, the fuck you don't. The fuck you talking about? You want to wear? I said that person may come out then. What the fuck you mean you want to wear a dress now? Like my daughter, she told me before, I'm a giraffe. I won't like that's right, baby. You be the biggest, tallest giraffe you could be. <laughs> Hell no, you ain't no giraffe. What you mean? Why you want to be a giraffe? She explained it to me. And what she explained, I, I related that to her being a little girl. I'd be like, okay, you know, you can still do this. You can still do that as being a little girl. And that's what I'm talking about. I like the parenting piece. Like parents are so scared to actually be a fucking parent. Tell their child no. Here's the reason why no. And like you said before, stand firm on that no. Don't be all fluff. Don't be all talk. Don't be like, no, nah, you can't wear no dress. This No, nah, we ain't wearing no dresses in my house. I ain't saying that. Hey, son, why you want to wear a dress? Talk to me. Tell me. What makes you think that's what you want to be? What makes you think that's what, what you are? I'm not saying you're not, but I just want to, I want to be aware of, of what your, what your thought was before you decided to do this. And unless they can come up with a legitimate understanding reason, and it gives valid to some of the things that I may have seen or thought along the way in the past, but no, nah, tell me why you want to wear a dress. Uh, because I've always felt like a girl. Okay. So why though? What made you feel like a girl? What disconnect do you have with your manhood? Let me ask. What is you, it about being a man that you don't feel as though you'll one day be a man? Let me ask you this question: Do you think there's there could ever be an answer that your ten year old boy, young man, your son could ever give you that would make you okay with that? Is there any answer you any answer he could ever give you? Any other any reasoning he could give you? It depends. It. I mean, it, possibly, possibly because he may enlighten me to some stuff that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When I was at Bobby's house, his uncle did X, Y, Z, and I liked the way it felt. Mm -hmm. And that's something that only girls should like. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now I know. Oh, OK. Now right, I got to well, go kill. Now I got to go kill him. And then we can go and roll in some family therapy to get you through if, this. What if it's not that, though? What if it's just the way he feels? Why, though? That's this goes back if, to if, if he if he's articulate enough he's to 10 tell years me, old, he's 10 years old if man. he's articulate enough to say I no longer want to be a boy mm -hmm. he's articulate enough to tell me why but he's 10 years old exactly so why is he telling me that at 10 years old so either he's either he's mature enough to understand what he's saying and he could tell me why or he's not mature enough to understand what he's what he's saying and he ain't got no business saying it so to answer, it sounds to me like the answer to the question that I asked you a moment ago is no answer. Uh, barring him being molested or being abused would be good enough. No, no, no. I mean, I can't think of every scenario because one, I don't even have a son. So I've never put myself in the mindset of being a father to a son. Mm -hmm. But as far as I mean, I mean, there's I'm pretty sure there's a possible scenario that uh, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of a possible transgender person who's also 10. So <laughs> I can't really think of what reasons other than some of those reasons that I think mm -hmm. could be what they may bring to the table. I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. What I am saying is, I mean, it could be something simple as you I like girls clothes. They're pretty. It could be something like that. Okay. I'm, so what, what type of clothes would you like to wear that, that boy that maybe some boys could wear? Let's just look at some options. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. Your son or your daughter, for that matter, any of us, if you had a kid, 
uh, coming to you and saying those things. It doesn't have to be a good or a bad thing. What I am saying is, I think sometimes we are, uh, uh, we make, we presuppose things, right? Uh, we're predisposed also to some things as adults, as parents, as people who were kids at one point in time and we grew up and we had kids or nephews and nieces. And I think it's very easy to find yourself locked in what your predispositions are or what you're what you've been pre-exposed to in your life um i believe that for most parents and particularly most black men i'm not for it i'm not against it i am for a parent supporting his kid a, a father supporting his kid so i believe for a lot of us for most of us there would be no answer this is where the question came from there would be no answer you can give that kid could give you or response or explanation that kid could give you that will make you feel comfortable with that. And that's okay. I'm not saying well, no, I'm not, I'm not asking him to prove his point. I'm just asking for an understanding of why he feels that way. If that's he can asking. tell me, no, that's not proof. If, if, if my daughter says, daddy, I'm sad. I don't need to be like, why are you sad? Are you really sad? You don't look sad. No. Why are you sad, baby? Because this happened. Okay. I'm trying to understand why she feels that way. I'm not trying to get her to validate her feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get that boy to validate his feelings. I'm trying to understand why he feels that way. If you could verbalize why you feel, you could take the time. You may not automatically, it may not automatically pop in your head, but if you could verbalize, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm happy, I'm anxious, I'm nervous. If you could verbalize those things, then you could take a moment to think about why. So the point, the point that I'm trying to, and I agree with that. The point that I'm trying to make is he's 10 years old and he's, Stupid and 10 year olds are stupid, they don't know how to articulate themselves, right? But a 10 year old, if a 10 year old tells you, I, It's a good day, I'm happy, they could tell you why they're happy. It doesn't have to be like an in depth, well, you know, I just really, it doesn't have to be. It could be something, it could be something simple. He could be like, Why, why do you want to dress like a girl? Because I like their shoes. It doesn't have to be in. It doesn't have to be some uh, complicated deep down, answer. Yeah, right. right. It doesn't have to be like okay, let's get to the to the Sigmund Freud bottom of this. Like it don't have to be that. It could be something you know. I, I like their toys better. The reason or it's easier I to make friends. Mm -hmm. You know who knows? But the I, reason, I want to know. The reason I asked you the question was not to discount or to agree with, but just to see where your head was in terms of how we're yeah. all talking about this. Um, is because uh, the purpose behind that was. I know that this this young man's parents are his father in particular, his biological father. And I'm not saying his mother, his stepmother doesn't love him, his mother doesn't love him. But I, I feel that a lot of times, we were speaking about this earlier, we feel forced, uh, compelled, which is really just forced into going along with these things that are presented to us. In the end, his dad, and our pretty, I'm sure he pretty much feels, well, either I accept him the way that he says he is, as a she, or I lose them forever. That's so. I wasn't trying to disprove what you were saying. I wasn't agreeing with what you were saying. I'm saying that when you become a parent, you being a parent, I don't know what it is to be a parent. You and Terrence know what it is to be parents. I'm saying you'll find yourself until it happens to you. You have all your own suppositions about it. You have all your own opinions about it. But the instant it happens to you, that may well change things up because that's still your kid, whether you can agree with it or not, or get on board with it or not. So you right. may say, uh, either of you may say to me now, well, I wouldn't allow for that. Terrence, you were speaking about that earlier. Well, I'm not but saying I you, wouldn't allow it, but I well, want to know where it's coming from. Well, I, if it's coming from somewhere that it doesn't, I'm not, if it's coming from a place that either they don't have a full understanding, 
then I should try to enlighten them on what that really means. Or if it's coming from a place that there's been some type of uh, connected trauma, we need to get to the bottom of what happened and why that trauma event occurred. Like either they don't fully understand, like you could like, you could like the color hot pink, but that doesn't mean you want to be a girl. So let, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about that. Like, do you really want to be a girl or you just like hot pink? Because if so, we can go get you hot pink or whatever. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but, you know, for you to just be like, I want to be a girl now. Oh, I mean, oh, and I'll just speak. I just put this out there right quick and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop for a second. None of us. Well, I can't speak for y'all. I'm going to speak for me. And I'm going to speak what I think the average heterosexual man may say none of us can actually identify or remember a point in our life where we thought to ourselves you know what i like girls i don't like boys and the reason i'm bringing that up is because this is kind of a different topic but because that thought process is a, you don't have that thought process because it's a natural occurrence. So seeds get planted in some way, shape or form. So, so to that point, I think that's a very, very good point because when we talk about seeds being planted, that goes back to the point I made earlier about Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade. I've, I'm a basketball guy. I've been following the sport. I love the sport. Dwayne Wade has always been an eclectic, a very, um, flashy, a very unique player on and off the court. Excellent ball player. Um, a lot of flash. Shows up, suited nicely, dressed nicely. But one thing most people noticed, I know I noticed, his nails were painted. Black fingernails, you know, color, smiley faces on his toenails. Um, you see him on his Instagram. He's got, you know, his nails painted, all different things. Um, again, what do those things even matter, right? The point I'm making, and this goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Wayne, is there's certain things, certain seeds that you can plant that can blur the lines. I know that there's nothing my daughter or son can do that will ever make me not love them unconditionally. I have unconditional agape love for my kids. Agape meaning unconditional. Nothing they can do ever that will make me stop loving them. No choice they will ever make will make me not love them. Let's also define the word um, homosexual, homo, homophobic, all the terms that are thrown out there, transgender. Phobia means fear. There's none of us on this call, none of us on this podcast that have a fear of anything of that nature, of anyone of that nature. We are very open-minded individuals and I'm very open-minded to my kids' decisions, but I'm not open-minded enough that I'm gonna open the book and put everything in front of them because they're not ready to digest it just yet. And I, I, I want to make it real simple. When you're a baby, you ate baby food. When you got older and developed teeth, you, you were able to consume a little more. Mentally, our children aren't old enough and mature enough to consume everything that the world would like to expose them to. The world would like our daughters to grow up faster. The world would like to make our boys grow up faster. They're recruiting kids now for basketball in the seventh, eighth grade for the NBA. So if you're already prospecting a kid who's barely going through puberty, 
that tells me that you're already putting them in the machine and you're trying to pump them through quickly. So the point I'm making is Dwayne Wade's daughter, son, has not even had a chance to, to identify on their own. Yep. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade have now taken this child and made it a martyr and made it a spokesperson for transgender children, made this child the spokesperson and the face of the LGBTQ plus community. And that's unfair because that child, hindsight's 2020. That, like you mentioned earlier, Brody, this child might grow up and be 18 or 20 and say, yeah, I, I do want to be a girl. But it might grow up and say, well, you know what? I wasn't really given the choice. They put me in this machine and they forced me in this direction. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really given a choice. I didn't really know for myself. Mm-hmm. I even heard, and this is the last point I'll make in this. I even heard that Caitlyn Jenner had second thoughts about the surgery. Mm-hmm. If you've heard yeah, that. I heard it. So with that being said. She want I, a dick back. With that being said, I think it's important <laughs> that they don't move. They don't, I don't think they should move so quickly. These chil- In my opinion, these children are still impressionable and they haven't had a chance to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely yeah. agree. And we need to be aware, we need to be aware of what we are, <clears throat> what concessions we're making for our kids at a certain age. If you're doing these things too early, there's some decisions you make for your children uh, or in light of what your kids have said that they wanted that you cannot take back. You, you cannot retrieve these decisions. So I don't know if this uh, young man is going, has had, if he's, if he's had operations to have his penis removed, uh, his, 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 his balls removed. I don't know. I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't know if there's a, I honestly don't know much about this. I don't know if there's an age that it's too young to do that, you know? Um, but I know that there are specific decisions that can be made. Your kids want to eat candy all day long. They want to eat candy and sweets and, and, and horrible mm-hmm. junk food, things that are really bad for them. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to go along with it or are you going to regulate them when it comes to that? Are you going to uh, support their desire and like for junk food or are you going to regulate what they can and cannot have? Here's what you're going to have sometimes. Here's what you need to have most of the times. Or you can just give them what it is that they want. And, and, and I think a lot of parents find themselves uh, caught in a, in a very specific position. And that position is this particularly given where we are now, the era we live in, the current era. If I am unable or unwilling to support my kid 24-7 on every decision that's made, then exactly. I suddenly somehow don't love my kid. You don't love I'm suddenly I don't love my kid. That's I am not in support of my kid. And unfortunately, yep. we live in a uh, society where, you know, that is enamored with the internet and enamored with social media and so on and so forth. So yep. even, if, even with the folks around you, uh, your family and friends, complete strangers will say, well, how come you can't support that kid if he says she's a she or she says he's a he or she's a he or whatever the situation is. I'm not saying that that kid doesn't have the right to feel the way that they feel at the moment. I am perfectly in line with that. I'm okay with that. But as you were saying earlier, Terrence, as you were saying earlier, Wayne, I think it's important to understand that while that kid may well be is within his or her rights to feel their way at that time, they have not been exposed to enough of life and exposed to enough of personal evolution and puberty and X, Y, and Z to make a, la- a decision, a lasting decision, you know, with long-term, a decision that has long-term consequences. So I think in the um, era that we live in now, I think parents are afraid that they aren't being 
they ought to be concerned as to whether they're being good enough parents to their kids. But instead of that, they're concerned about whether they're their kids' best friend. Yeah. And they are good enough, good enough friends to their kids. So I, I I'll say this and I'll leave it be. Um know what the healthy, balanced, as Mark mentioned earlier about parenting, option is. If it is imbalanced, it is probably to all intents and purposes bad for you and bad for your kid and bad for the relationship. If there is balance there, uh, it's one to grow on. It's something you can work with. It's something you can work with. But people are afraid to not be seen as their kid's best friend. So they allow that kid to have and do and say whatever they want. Terrence, you mentioned earlier about alcohol. In this country, at least, the drinking age is you know, it's a certain age. People are afraid that their kids aren't going to like them. My kid won't allow me to... Uh, my parent, my mom and dad won't allow me to smoke weed with them. They're fucking lame or whatever stupid fucking idiotic word kids are using now. Um, they won't let me drink with them. I can't listen to certain music around them. I can't curse at them or with them or to them. So we need to be aware of where the balance is. If this young man is concerned or convinced he's a young woman on the inside, that's fantastic for him. I say good on him. Good fucking form. But I do believe that the parents ought to be, as you were saying, saying Wayne, well balanced enough to at least consider why that kid feels that way. Now, the kid may not be able to answer it in, in a way that's adequate to the parent, because as I kept saying earlier, the kid's only 10 years old. Let's say that's an age, right? But it is the parent's responsibility to listen. I couldn't imagine that, honestly. I mean, mm. imagine what it must feel like to, to feel trapped in, in a body you don't belong in and, and, and want to do something about it. But we don't talk about the psychological effects. I, I, I can imagine being a parent and your child um, you know, not being pleased with who they are. I think I, there was a phase where my daughter went through a phase where she came home and she wasn't um, happy about the way her hair looked or her appearance was different. She goes to predominantly white school. So, you know, her hair is coarse or curly or big or mm-hmm. it, it looked different. And to me, of course, she's beautiful. Probably the prettiest girl in the school, in my opinion. She's my baby, my angel. But I couldn't convince her no matter what I said or did because it was an internal feeling, right? So that's one of those things where as a parent, you can do your absolute best to try to influence your child the best way you can. So you know what I did? I went out, my wife and I bought her a American doll with the the biggest, curliest hair we possibly could. Mm. Bought her a, uh, (laughs) you said (laughs) sewing. We bought her a, um, all her dolls were curly hair. Um, remind her of herself and how beautiful she is. Um, and my wife actually started wearing, wearing her hair more natural so that she could appreciate her hair the way it is mm-hmm. and see the beauty in who she is as a person. So let's not forget that it's, it's a little bit bigger than us standing on the outside and, and judging somebody and saying, if it was my child, I wouldn't, or my daughter, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because it's real easy to, to Monday morning quarterback the situation when you're not the one going through the psychological piece of it and you're not the one with the child crying. So if, if Dwayne Wade's son was crying and, and suffering and depressed and going through a lot of psychological issues, because honestly, um, I don't know if you know the process of, of, of transforming and transgender um, the process itself, you actually do have to go through psychiatric evaluation before you can have the surgery. So there's a big component, a big psychological component involved there to really make sure this is the commitment you want to make. 
So let's not be insensitive to the fact that there are there are some underlying psychological issues there as well that you know the child is dealing with, the person's dealing with. And that's even us, like growing up, you know, we we had our own battles that we dealt with. So everybody deals with some type of psychological struggle. Bouts of depression, those type of not feeling, not feeling like you fit in, being insecure, being ostracized. And imagine, and imagine feeling that way at a young age all the time. So, so there's no right answer. There's no right answer. There's, there's no silver bullet. But I do think a lot of it comes down to what we expose our children to. What we allow them to see, the movies we allow them to watch, the way we talk in front of them, the things that we tell them are wrong. If I tell my son it's wrong for him to smoke, it's wrong for him to drink, when you do those things at an adult's age, you make your own decision, that's different. So he's going to know in his mind that if I'm doing this, my dad doesn't approve of it. My mom doesn't approve of it. I think the issue comes in is when we don't take anything off the table. We open up the catalog and say, here, son, here, daughter, pick what you want to be. Yeah. So with that being said, gentlemen, any last closing remarks? I think we, we do the best we can. That's what I'll say. We do the best we can. And as you said a moment ago, as I mentioned earlier, um, it's quite easy to backseat drive when you're not the person who is responsible for the overall health of everyone in the vehicle. Suddenly when you're thrust um, at the driver's wheel, uh, the steering wheel uh, is something quite different. So I think we do the best we can. We, we do the best we can, but we also have to understand, as we were speaking about earlier, uh, that there is a such thing as balance. And it, 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 it is something that is um, important to think about when you have kids or if you're a mentor to someone or you have younger siblings or whatever. I think it's important to uh, pay allegiance and attention to uh, balance being a thing. But in the long term, all you can do is support your kid and be the best you can. Uh, to that kid because it's yours and you love him or her and um, but I also think it's important not to allow your own issues to push that kid force that kid into a certain direction you do the best my my take on it is you do the best you can when you can how you can and you you, you sort it out later on in the future that's how I feel about it I agree I agree 100% and I love that point sort it out do the best you can because there's no rule book to this life what you got, Big Dove? Yeah, y'all are pretty much summing everything up, you know, exactly um, as I'm thinking. You know, there's there's no right or wrong way to do certain things. Um, you know, when it comes to parenting, you know, just just focus on being a parent, you know. Um, it's difficult. Embrace that challenge. Embrace those moments that you have to say no. Those moments that you have to you know, put them in time out or those moments that you have to correct uh, what could be jeopardizing their physical, mental, or emotional uh, well-being. You know, just embrace those moments because at the end of the day, it's those moments that's going to create the type of um, foundation that you that you really truly desire for your child. You know, and those of you who don't have children, you know, I don't mind input. You know, it's okay. You know, the old saying, it takes a village. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, you may not necessarily have firsthand experience, but if you're someone that has a a, a good moral compass and 
some reasonable values, you know, please feel free to correct mine at any time because that's one less thing that I may have to worry about is me being the only voice that she hears in life, mm-hmm. me and her mother. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the fact that, you know, there's somebody else who can, who can help me raise her. You know what I mean? So just embrace those moments. Even if you don't have kids, it's cool. You know, give your, give your two cents. Us parents, we may act like we're not trying to hear what you're saying, or we may act like, you know, what do you mean? What are you talking about? But at the end of the day, you know, we really value at, at, at the, at the base of it is showing us that you see us as a parent and you see what we are facing and you are willing to give us your feedback and your input. And that's, that's more appreciated than you know. So to all the nine parents out there, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate that. Good look out. I do want to close this off by saying, I think it was a great discussion. I think um, parents and non-parents alike can understand and, and agree that there are so many things that we don't understand. There's so many things we don't know. There is no rule book to this. There is no handbook. We're all learning as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to produce people that will become later a liability. We don't want to produce individuals that are uncontrollable. Um, I read something a while ago that said kids that aren't coachable in sports later grow up to become adults that aren't coachable and manageable in the, in the workforce. So what we breed as children later become adults that the world has to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing we can do is control the controllables, set the boundaries, create a sense of stability. And also, as I mentioned before, let them know what the boundaries are specifically. Let them know what your boundaries are in your household. And when they get old enough on their own, they can create their own and they can set their own boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important point. Um, everything we do, we do it in love. We do it in passion. We do it, do it to a satisfied, like you say. <laughs> <laughs> we, do it, uh, we do it to the best of our ability and we leave nothing on the table. I know I can leave this world knowing that I, Terrence, gave my best job as a parent. Um, I put my best foot forward. Good, bad, or indifferent. I made good choices. I made some bad choices. Um, but I learned along the way. And um, I feel comfortable knowing I'm going to turn a couple, you know, pretty good kids loose into this world. So with that being said, um, let's let's continue to uplift other people um, and, and, and build our community as we go forward. And, and keep in mind that the world we create around us is the world that other people have to live in. That's right. I firmly agree with that. (laughs) I firmly agree with that. Until next time on the main satellite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, fellas. All right, right, good night, bro. Take it easy, bro. All right. All right.